Well, good afternoon, everybody. How are you doing today? It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta, and I am coming live to you from my house in Mir, Alberta. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cold outside, so the little Miss Chicken there has to be inside because I feel bad for her being outside. Anyway, uh, I was going to do a live at the Whistle Stop. Uh, I went there early this morning, had my coffee. And, you know, people come in and we're chatting and I can just never find the right time sometime when it's quiet and I'm not busting tables or something. So I just came home and did some world changing, life altering events, such as I scooped the litter box and I cleaned up after the chicken. And I did some of those things that just people have to do everyday stuff in their life. Tried to clean up my house a little bit. Jessica did a wonderful job of making it actually look like a home again. So I figured uh, little chicken shits on the floor probably wouldn't be a way of saying thank you. Anyhow, the last few days, scratch that. The last few months, scratch that. The last few years have been incredibly weird and somewhat frustrating. Um, as most of you know, I've spent the better part of the last three years speaking out against certain things, trying to speak for things, um, trying to encourage people to pay attention to what's going on around them, get involved, um, you know, things like uh, end the lockdowns and the mandates, uh, getting some remedy for people that have been affected the last three years from, uh, as even the Premier acknowledges, some of the worst discrimination that we've seen not in our lifetimes, not to say there hasn't been other discrimination happen, but certainly the worst discrimination that we have accepted and encouraged in the last few years. So through it all, my message has always been the same. Stand up for yourself. Tell your oppressors enough is enough and don't comply. And I believe 100% that's still the thing that we have to do. And we have to... well. Chicken's fine, Susan. She's fine. She's not dead. She just sees you looking at her, so she's trying to stay perfectly still because she knows that if you see her, you will eat her. Right, Chicken? Yeah. She's probably tired from shitting all over the house. Anyway, the message has always been the same. Stand up for yourself. And I've come to realize that what we're... I don't even want to say fighting against because we don't even have to fight, but what we are trying to avoid is a and i don't use the word tyrannical because it's overused we're trying to avoid a government that oversteps their boundaries to the point of i don't want to say enslaving because that's used too much too to the point of putting people into submission putting them into little boxes where they have to follow all of the government's rules otherwise they're not free to be human beings not free to operate a business, not free to drive a car, not free to marry whoever they want, not free to <clears throat> go on a vacation, those types of things, not free to eat meat. And I know 100% that the only way we're going to be able to do this is if we either, there's two things we could do. Number three things, sorry. The first one, we could change what the globalist elite are trying to do. We could change uh, what the United Nations and the World Economic Forum and the, the Green Eco 
terror eco terrorist people say we have to do in order to survive we could change their minds it's plausible right i mean they're people we could have conversations with them and change their anti-human agenda i don't believe that's a probable i don't i don't believe there's any probability of doing that number two we could vote our way out of it we can vote for um a conservative prime minister, a conservative governing party in this country we call Canada, right? And that would fix everything, right? Wrong. I'm sorry, but it won't. Um, we've been down this path numerous times in Canada. Does anybody remember Brian Mulroney or Stephen Harper? We, we, we've tried this before. And the unfortunate thing about Canada is that it was always meant to support, not support. It, it, Canada was always meant, the way it was structured was supposed to enhance the East. Clifford Sifton even said something like uh, the reason they wanted, he was the Minister of Interior, by the way, when uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and British Columbia were being courted to join Confederation. He said something like, we want the Western provinces to join Confederation so that their riches can en enhance our lives in the East, build up our factories, build up our prosperity. That was what was intended. And so when I see elections being decided in the East, I know that that's just the way it's always, always was and always going to be purposefully. And that's fine for the most part until the East or Central Canada, whatever you want to call them, the Laurentian elites, decide they want to pursue a globalist anti-human agenda uh, that results in us owning nothing and being happy. I don't want to go there. So I know that the solution is Alberta in particular, and every province, but Alberta in particular standing up and saying enough is enough. We joined this confederation because we wanted to be stronger together. Um, we wanted to be unified around a truth. And the truth at that point, at, at that time was, we all want to work together to build a prosperous country. Unfortunately, that's not the truth anymore. There is no, there is no truth to unify around uh, that that allow, not allows that that has a path with a unified Canada. And no, that doesn't mean I don't love this country. It doesn't mean I'm not proud to be Canadian. What it means is the power center of this country wants to go somewhere that I don't want to go. It wants to go somewhere that Alberta doesn't want to go. It wants to go somewhere that Saskatchewan and British Columbia don't want to go as well, and probably some of the other provinces. So what do we do? We vote our way out? We can't. Is Pierre Polivare going to save us? No, he can't. Just as Brian Mulroney couldn't save us, just as Stephen Harper couldn't save us. Both of them uh, were supposed to be you know, representation from the West. This is going to be awesome. We're going to fix things. We're going to fix Canada. We're going to fix the West's position in Confederation. And they couldn't do it because they quickly realized that the only way to stay in power, to stay in government in this country, is to cater to the votes in the East, in Central Canada. It's just the way it works. So I know that Alberta has to stand up and say enough is enough. Mr. Trudeau, if you want to go to own nothing and be happy, eating crickets, freezing, and starving to death in the dark because we can't afford energy anymore. 
uh, driving electric cars that don't work in the winter. Actually, some of them do, but not very well. If you want to go down that path, Canada even, we don't want to go with you. My prosperity, my freedom, my children's futures are more important than the flag that's hoisted above my house or my business. And I would hope that it's more important to you as well. So I believe in Alberta independence, or at the very least, Albertans standing up with a unified voice, rallying around the truth that we don't want to go to own nothing and be happy and say, federal government, if this is where you're going, we're not going with you. And we can do that with a, with a referendum on independence to be used as leverage in negotiations with the federal government. Now, to be fair, um, for those of you who know, this this all this all is is laid out by a Supreme Court ruling, and it's basically called uh, uh, the, the Clarity uh, the Clarity Clarity Act. No, Clarity, Clarity. Yeah, the Clarity Act. It says that a referendum on independence in any province, or even not a province, just an area of the country, may or may not result in secession from Confederation. Now, I would hope that if Alberta or maybe a couple provinces had this referendum and said, federal government, you guys are a bunch of fucking lunatics. Pardon me. I did it again. I do that all the time. I'll do my best to not do that. Federal government, you're a bunch of freaking lunatics and we don't want to go there with you. I would hope that that would be the wake-up call that the East needs to say, hey, um, we still have some common sense left in this country and not all of us want to go to own nothing and be happy. Not all of us want to be only digital and able to be turned off by the government when they disagree with how we speak against them. I would hope that that leverage would be the wake-up call to get back on a path to prosperity and unify around what Canada was originally intended to be, a confederation against a group of member states opposed to a federal government, opposed to a natural government who are left to chart their own course forward, right? That's what I hope. And there's been a lot of support for this. Everywhere I've gone and spoken over the last three years, I mean, people are usually standing and cheering before I even say one word. Like people are very receptive to this idea. I'm 100% sure that if I had the time and the money, along with uh, some of my colleagues who, who spread this message, if we had the time and the money to travel around Alberta and spread this message that we, as Albertans, we need to unify around the truth that we, the, and the truth is we don't want to go where the federal government wants to take us. If we could do that, we, we would win. We would set the example for the rest of the country, for the rest of the provinces. We would chart the course and we would show them how they can stand up and say enough is enough and get out from under the federal government's tyranny of the day, which by the way is increasing. Are, are you familiar with uh, with Trudeau's billion dollar billion dollar offer to purchase our provincial sovereignty over our health administration of healthcare? Are you aware? Do you know what that is? So in the last little while, the federal government has rolled out a plan to give the provinces billions of dollars as long as the provinces signed on to a federal digital health ID which means that the federal government is trying to stick their fingers in provincial jurisdiction, provincial sovereign jurisdiction of healthcare administration with a bribe. They're telling us, we will give you your own money back if you give up your sovereignty over administration healthcare. 
Now, at face value, that might sound good because, you know, why wouldn't we want to share health information with the other provinces? Ah, but we already do and we already can, provided we consent to it. But this is different. What the federal government is doing is they're laying the groundwork for a digital health ID that could and likely would be used to restrict your movement, activities, and freedoms as Canadians should you not subscribe to medical interventions that the federal government deems necessary for you. I.E., that means, well, it doesn't actually mean for example, it means something else. Somebody comment what it means. What does I.E. mean? For example, the uh, clot shot. Take the clot shot or else. We're not going to offer you access to healthcare. I mean, look at all the idiots that were actually saying that before. Well, you know, you don't believe in in uh, in distancing or masks that don't work. Uh, you don't believe in the clot shot. You don't want to get myocarditis for a 0.01% chance of getting sick. So you should be refused healthcare. That's a discussion that's had in this country. Another reason why we need to stand up and say enough is enough. Do the right thing. So the federal government is trying to do that and we need to stop it. Now, there's a lot of things that we can do as a province that will stop some of the stuff the federal government's wanting to do. Like, for example, we can say, hey, you know what? If you want to uh, have this gun grab, we are not going to enforce it. You can do it yourself. But at the end of the day, uh, our current government has expressed that if the Supreme Court ruled something, that they would abide by those rules. So we're still subject to the tyranny of the day. Now, for those of you saying, oh, well, the courts will decide and the courts are great. That's what they're there for. Wrong. It's not. That's not what they're there for. Not anymore. Right now, the courts uh, are, are liberal government appointed judges. Toe the party line. They uphold the status quo. They do things like sentence a restaurant owner <clears throat> to paying $30,000 because he dared to protest the government's policy. That, that actually happened to me, just so you're aware. I went to jail and I was fined $30,000 amongst other things because I held a protest against what the government was imposing on us. A judge signed an order saying that I wasn't allowed to attend illegal gatherings and then deemed a protest illegal in Canada. Protesting is one of our most sacred rights guaranteed to us as Canadians because we don't take it to the streets with weapons. We don't spill blood. We don't do any of those things. We have discussions and we protest. If not protesting, what is there? Wade through the courts? Take 10 years to prove that the government shouldn't be doing what they're doing? No. We need to be able to, we need to be able to protest. We must be able to protest. And yet a judge appointed by the government upheld the government and backed the government's de decisions to infringe on our rights and fined me $30,000 because I protested it. We have some serious problems. Now, there's a lot of people who have been with me along the way on this, uh, supporting me, cheering me on, saying, yeah, Chris, we support you, we support you. And then every once in a while, someone that I think is a, a, a very supportive will go off on a little bit of a tangent. They lose their focus. My focus is on a prosperous Alberta, period. I don't give a crap what government it is. I don't care who our MLAs are, as long as they are good people who 
put Alberta on a course to prosperity and keep us there. Does that make sense? I hope so. That's what I care about. I want to see a prosperous Alberta and a free Alberta. That's why I've been doing, well, I have been doing so much stuff for the Alberta Prosperity Project. But people are getting distracted, even in that organization. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Over the last year and a half, um, through the APP, we've been talking about creating a parade that we want the, 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 the government to get in front of. We want to create this grassroots group of, of, of Albertans who want to see a prosperous Alberta. We want to tell them how we can do it, and we want to hold our government's feet to the fire so that they get in front of that parade and they do what we want them to do. And it's working. It's working, I mean, wonderfully. We have, even within the government, they're talking about sovereignty, which is a little bit different than you know the idea of a referendum, but it's something. We're making big changes. And as this is happening, I'm watching people try and burn everything down because they're not getting specifically what they want because they're more bought into the idea of a person or a party or a policy than they are of a prosperous Alberta. It's sad. Um, I've watched people just drop everything to go and pursue a petition to get an MP a couple minutes of speaking in the House of Commons. I mean, what kind of lunacy is that? Why are we wasting our time with any of these things? I got back from Ottawa and with, with, my, uh, with a new resolve to get a referendum on the table for Alberta so that the rest of Canadians who don't want to go there have an example. And I hear, we just need to support this Joseph guy because he's going to be the next prime minister. And I'm thinking, what are we, what the heck are we doing? What, what do you mean support this guy, support that guy? Who are these guys? And what are they going to do that other prime ministers haven't done before them? And all this time and resources and, and money gets diverted from where what we should be focused on, which is a prosperous Alberta, to everything under the sun. And it continues every day. So I've just kind of retreated back to my business. I have one-on-one -on -one conversations with dozens, hundreds of people at my cafe. And I share these thoughts with them all the time. Um, I haven't been out speaking in front of big crowds. It's uh, I spent too much time doing it. I neglected my business. I was gone and now I'm paying the price for it and I got to work all the time. But that allows me to have these conversations with people. People who are still confused and concerned about every distraction they see. And there's so many distractions. Now I see people who I consider my friends, people who I love, posting things on Facebook or other places with outright lies about our current government. I'm not 100% happy with our current government, not by a long shot. Remember, some of the people that are our government right now, they harmed me. Tyler Shandro, Casey Madu. Jason, Ken oh, Jason Kenny's not in the government anymore, is he? Hmm. There's people in the government that harm me. Uh, they put me in a place where I have to fight and defend myself in court for years to come. By the way, a big shout out to uh, Mr. Ezra, Ezra Levant, 
Sheila Gunn Reed, the rest of the rebel folks, rebel media, rebel news, and the democracy fund for having my back and allowing me the opportunity to fight this in court. I'm not 100% sure what my legal costs are so far to date, but I bet you they're, they're probably over $150,000 to fight COVID charges in court to prove that the government violated my charter rights. That's how much money it's cost so far, probably more. They gave me the backing uh, and helped to give me the courage to stand up and say, enough is enough, I'm not backing down, and we are going to duke this out in court, and I'm going to prove that the government shouldn't have done what they did. I don't think anybody else has been able to do that. How many people could? If Rebel, knew, if, uh, Rebel and Ezra and Sheila and the Democracy Fund hadn't been there to, to, to support me throughout all this, do you think that as a small business owner, I could possibly have that much money to fight this in court? No. I would have had to roll over and take some stupid plea deal, plead guilty, tell the government they were right, give them a little bit of money, and whatever, nothing happens. But I'm not doing that. It's stressful, but it's necessary. Somebody has to do it. And not everybody can. So thank you to Rebel and those of you who have uh, donated to Fight the Fines and to the Democracy Fund for allowing me the opportunity to try and do what I know is right and stand up for myself and stand up for other people that have been affected by what the government's done. So, no, I'm not 100% happy with the government. Am I 100% happy with the Premier? No, I'm not. I wish that uh, when Daniel Smith took leadership of the, of the party and got her seat, that she would have went in there like a wrecking ball and started tearing stuff down and building stuff back up and just fur flying. That's what I wanted to see. But maybe that's not the best path. I don't know. I do believe that there's a lot of really good people in our government right now. I don't think they're all bad. I don't think they're all tyrants. I don't think they're all snakes. Um, I think there's a lot of good people and I think they're trying to do something good. I think there's also some bad people who are holding it up. But when in the history of democracy has that not been the case? That's always the case. At least we know there are people that are trying right now. If I was a premier, I guess I would be doing things a little bit differently. But maybe by me doing things a little bit differently, I would have already been <laughs> taken out as the premier. Who knows? So no, I'm not 100% happy, but I am happy that progress is being made. I have to be happy that progress is being made because uh, what's the alternative? Nothing improving, nothing happening. I'm not, I would, I would rather have what we have now. We have an election coming up in May. Even more of my friends are trying to tell people that if they don't vote for who they want them to vote for, that their vote doesn't matter, that their vote is a wasted vote. I don't agree with that at all. I say if a, can, if a MLA candidate can't stand on their own two feet and they cannot be the leader that we want to see and win people's hearts and minds so that they vote for them, they don't deserve their vote. Period. I believe that if you are truly an NDP supporter and you love communism and you want to own nothing and be happy while eating crickets in your Tesla that you can't actually afford because you have no money, vote for them. That's what democracy is about. That's what freedom is about. You are free 
to fail. You are free to be harmed. You are free to go outside and go into a mall and be sick. You are free to do that. You are not free to be safe. You have no guarantee of safety. You never have. You never will. Even in the communistic utopia that you so desire. If your UCP candidate wins your heart and wins your mind, and you believe that that candidate is the best choice for you and your constituency, and you believe that they will do their best to bring us to a place of prosperity and freedom in this province, vote for them. If that candidate is a member of the Independence Party and they stand up for what's right and they speak the truth, the truth, and they're compassionate, and you know they'll stand up for you and your constituency, vote for them. And don't let anybody tell you ever that your vote is wasted because you vote your conscience. That's a disgusting thing to say. And I want no part of it. Every time I do a live like this, I lose a couple more friends because people don't want to hear what I have to say when I'm speaking the truth that I know in my heart is the truth um, because they don't, they don't agree. And that's fine. I was never here to make friends. Um, I always just wanted to get this out there and show people that there are people trying to do something. And for better or for worse, here I am. Back to the distractions. So there's a lot of things that we see going on around us that people will try and tell you, this is what's going to save you. You just have to support this person. You just have to support that person. You just have to listen, go and listen to what this person has to say. And while it's important to support people that you think are doing good things, um, they're not going to save you. At the end of the day, it will always be you and your own actions that will either save you or whatever the opposite of save you is. It's you. We've seen that within our government and external to our government in the last while, have we not? We've seen people acting and getting involved thing, with things and they're, they're making changes. We've seen people take a, uh, a political party that really was never talked about and was kind of like a total fringe nothing burger into something that people actually believe in. Do you know how big of a deal that is? That these things are happening, that these things are occurring in our lifetime when we're, we're, we're constantly distracted by everything from Facebook, which you're on right now, by the way, to TikTok, to mainstream media, to hockey games or what, whatever. We have limitless distractions. We have very little free time because we have to work, I mean, hours and hours and hours a week just to survive. I mean, I feel guilty even for having part of today off. I feel like I should be working to survive. So in a time when that's what life is like, people are getting involved in doing things. That's big. It's huge. And it tells me that Alberta, Alberta in particular, will not roll over and go with this. So let's talk about some Alberta stuff. I've seen, I've seen the, uh, oh my goodness. I don't get it. Facebook will give me, uh, will tell me that I'm bullying and I can't, 
what did they do? They gave me a warning for asking somebody about their profile picture that was literally a picture of a dog with human painted eyebrows. I said, why does your profile picture look like a dog? And they said, oh, I'm bullying and harassing this person. However, these friggin' idiot, scumbag, piece of crap, scam artist, whatever they are, can post these, oh, I thought this was a scam, but give it a try. Really amazing for me. Debt am free, am I? Fart off. Facebook. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, all of those things that you see pop up, just report them because they're obviously not real. Anyway, let's talk about Alberta for a moment. I mean, we've been talking about Alberta quite a bit. Let's talk about Alberta some more. So digital ID. Ah, digital ID. Is it a bad thing or a good thing? I'll wait. You ready? It's a good thing. I can hear the pounding on the keyboards. Let me explain. Let me be clear. Digital ID is as good of a thing as a gun is a good thing. Or a stick of dynamite is a good thing. They're all good things. This government structure within our country and our province that has been used against us in itself on face value is a good thing. All of them are good things. However, when we fail to keep those using these things accountable, they can turn into bad things. Guns can be used for bad things. Laws can be used for bad things, like trying to shut down a business because the owner doesn't agree with the government. That's a bad use of the system, right? So digital ID, digital currency, on face value is a good thing. You can't get robbed. You never lose your money. It costs less to have money. Money isn't real anyway. Um, you never lose your driver's license, blah, 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 blah. It's great until it isn't. Just like a 15-minute city. Great until it isn't. So what happens when we have all of this convenience of digital everything, and all of the sudden, it's not so convenient. All of the sudden, we decide that, you know, a couple hundred thousand people, a couple million people are going to go to Ottawa to protest something, and now all of their digital ID and digital currencies are shut off. Not such a good thing anymore, is it? Or how about when you want to have a yard sale to sell some things that you have bought with your own money that you earned and paid tax on, and now somebody transfers you digital currency, but you have to pay a sales tax on it, or maybe you have to report income tax on it. Not such a good thing anymore, is it? You see what I'm saying? At face value, a lot of these things sound like a good thing, including a lot of the things the WEF has said in the past 20 years. They sounded like good things. And good people believed that they were good things that were going to be to our benefit. And they agreed to do them. Like Stephen Harper. I don't think Stephen Harper was a bad guy. I think he was a good, strong conservative. But he took something at face value didn't think about the consequences of doing it, and he signed our country onto that path. And now we're, we're living the consequences of that. A lot of these people who did these things, they didn't do them 
because they're bad, evil people. They did them because at face value, a lot of the policies that we have in our government, they look like they're good things until they're not. And they're only allowed to turn into bad things because we let them, because we're too lazy. Or we don't want to be involved in politics. You see how this works? This idea that all of our government elected officials are evil is ludicrous. Those people, they're men and women, or I don't know if some of them are others or whatever else there is. They are mothers and and, and fathers and sons and daughters and and cousins, I mean, well, I mean, some of them are married cousins, but who am I, whatever. They're people. And most of them, I would say, are probably there for the right reasons, trying to do the right thing. But they don't consider the consequences of doing the right thing. And then we end up signing on to the Paris Climate Accord or whatever other BS anti-human climate agendas our conservative leaders thought were a good thing at the time. I don't believe they're all bad people any more than I believe that our current government is all bad people. I think there's some idiots in the current government and I definitely have a few things to say to them, but I don't believe they're evil. I just believe they need to be fired. Where did the chicken go? Hold on a second. Okay. Um, it's not the chicken that I'm worried about. It's actually the cats and the dogs because that chicken is, she's a, she's a beast. Like she really rules the roost, that bird. Dogs and cats are both scared of her. Anyway, um, so speaking about our current government, I don't believe they're going to be able to save us from what the federal government wants for us. And just a few things they want for us. Uh, they want us to eat bugs. That's a, a UN thing and a WF thing that we should stop eating meat. We should stop farming and ranching uh, cattle and, and bison and things. And we should be eating things like bugs and sardines and smelts instead. Now, we shouldn't eat salmon. We certainly shouldn't eat whales. We should only eat um, like plankton and algae and crickets and black flies because they're actually more, uh, they're scientifically a smarter food than a cricket. And cockroaches because those are also super nutritious. Um, that's one of the things they want us to do. And they're, they're doing things to get us there. Like they're starting to get their fingers into farming and saying, Hey, you guys can, you guys got to cut your fertilizer usage by 30% now, which means you cut your crop output by about 30%, which means there's less food for cows, which means the price goes up, which means the price goes up of food and wheat and everything to the point where we can't afford things like meat anymore. And we have to eat bugs, which are by the way, subsidized in Alberta and Ontario. Um, they don't want us to commercial fish anymore. The European Union, uh, as particularly in North uh, um, Netherlands, has got rid of most of the commercial fishing there because they don't want to impact the environment. Um, they want us to return our land to 
its original form through biodiversity projects. This is happening all over Europe right now and in places in Canada. Um, in Europe, for instance, sheep farmers can't shoot wolves because of biodiversity and it's making them, it's getting to the point where they're losing so many sheep, they, they just can't, they can't farm sheep anymore. Um, cattle farmers in the UK cannot shoot badgers on their land, their land, badgers that carry tuberculosis and infect their cows to the point where um, thousands of ranches across England are being wiped out. They're economically unviable because of this problem. Um, we're elevating certain things in the name of nature and biodiversity above human flourishing, and it's starting to bear fruit. But the opposite of bear fruit, the fruit's starting to shrivel up, if that makes any sense. Um, they, they don't want you driving your car. They don't want you to get in your car and drive to Vancouver just because you feel like it. That's, I mean, that's bad. You're, you're contributing to to climate change and we need to stop this at all costs. These are some of the things that are coming from the federal government. I think 2026 is the last year that they're, they say they're gonna allow internal combustion engines to be sold in Canada. They, they don't want you to heat your home. <laughs> where How many people's gas bills have gone to the point where they can barely afford to pay them? They don't want you to exist. And they don't hide that fact. The earth has something like 8 billion people on it. And those who are telling us how we need to live in order to survive say that that's too many. You only have 1.5 billion. And you can't live all over the place. You have to live in 15-minute cities. Did you know that they're planning a huge city in Holland where everybody has to move? All of the farmers that are losing their farms because they can no longer afford to farm with the new policies. Their land's been returned to nature in the name of biodiversity. They're supposed to move into these big cities. And that's coming to Canada as well. That's why I went to Holland. That's why I went to Europe. I wanted to find some of the stuff out to see what's coming to Canada. And I will tell you, it is coming to Canada. The things that people continue to say are conspiracy theories are literally happening just across the pond. And if they happen across the pond, they will happen here. That's the way it goes. Sorry to say, you wonder why Canada adopts so many policies that are stupid and not in our best interest. It's because Europe does it. And then our government decides, oh, that's the fashionable thing to do because they're doing it in Europe. And we do it and people wonder why. So how do you deal with this? For 150 years, the West has wanted in, they wanted a seat at the table of confederation, they wanted to be partners in charting our course as a country. That's what we've been asking for. We've been asking that our voices be heard. We've been asking that our regional differences be acknowledged. We've been asking to be, to be for our, our sovereign jurisdictions to be, to be um, oh, acknowledged such as our resource development extraction, uh, administration of healthcare, policing, taxation, all of those things. We've been asking for this for 150 years and we haven't got it. And now things have changed. Now the West wants out because this ship is going somewhere that we don't want to go and we want off. We want to get on our own ship and go to prosperity. 
We know how to do it. Distractions all around us preventing us from doing that. I'm sorry to say, but the chemtrail thing is a distraction. The flat earth thing is a distraction. Now, before you um, phone the one hungry trucker guy or whatever and tell him that I'm a government psyop for saying these things, let me be perfectly clear. That's what government psyops say, by the way. Let me be perfectly clear. All of these issues that people have, all of these problems we have that I'm constantly bombarded with and argued with to, uh, in some cases can all be fixed with one simple move. Standing up for ourselves as a province, saying enough is enough, we're getting out of here, and then rebuild in such a way that none of these things that are happening right now can happen to us again. Rebuild, restructure in a way where the people are always prioritized above government. Where government's small. Where we have more money. So if you want to find out if planes are spreading chemtrails, you can just crowdfund some money, go up in an airplane and fly behind another airplane and analyze the air. How about that? You, just, you can fix these problems. Although you're not going to find much but uh, um, um, exhaust and water vapor, but whatever. My point is, They're all distractions. And if you want to spend your time trying to convince people the earth is flat instead of pursuing a path where we can exist free as men and women with our rights intact, I'm not sure how you think it's a solution. How, how does pursuing those things seem like any kind of a solution to anybody? It's not a solution. It's a distraction. So something interesting I, I discovered about the whole chemtrail thing. Not once have I ever heard anyone that's talking about chemtrails talk about weather rockets. Not once. I hear people talking about um, barium and ammonium, whatever, or aluminum testing, stuff like that. Never heard one person mention the use of weather rockets, which we use all the time, by the way, all over the country. And guess what their solid fuel uh, leaves behind as a residue? Yeah, barium and aluminum. Interesting, but probably just a coincidence. Anyway, look at that. I got distracted. I lost my focus because of that again. Uh, why don't we talk about Daniel Smith? I'm waiting for it. Hmm. Anyone got anything to say about Daniel Smith? I've seen her name come up quite a few times. All right, I'll give you my opinion. What the heck? She's an in an impossible situation right now. Um, believe it or not, I can actually have a conversation with, with Premier Smith if I want to. Um, if I ask her to phone me or whatever, she will. And I get to talk to her about some of these things. And I can tell you from talking to her, from speaking to her as like a human being to a human being, I really believe she genuinely wants to do the right thing for this province. 
whether or not you believe what she's doing is right or wrong, that's not what I'm what I'm saying right now. What I'm telling you is that I believe that she is a human being and she legitimately wants to do the right thing for this province. Now, I also believe that she's in, in an almost impossible situation. For instance, she believes in the people's voices and the people uh, speaking democratically and having their representatives elected through those voices. So let's take Rimby Rocky Mountain House Sundry, uh, Jason Dixon's riding. Well, she said that she wants to open that riding for nomination because there's a lot of people unhappy with Nixon. A lot. He's a Kenny crony. Um, let's just leave it at that. It's bad news. And we want to ask the people if they want Mr. Nixon to be their voice in the legislature. The people will say no. Nixon knows that. Everybody knows that. They knew that when they disqualified Tim Hovens from running against him because of nothing. They knew that Nixon would lose a, a nomination. So they, they, they did some underhanded shady stuff to prevent that from happening. Nixon's doing that again right now. He's actually petitioning the provincial board of the UCP to overturn the constituency association board election that would that just happened in the last few weeks yeah that was done democratically using the current system as it stands the people spoke they elected a new ca board and jason nixon is trying to override that with a petition to the provincial board saying i don't care about people's democratic voices i don't want that board because they're not my friends and family anymore and they're not going to support me no matter what so i want them replaced that's what he's doing. And there's some MLAs that have said to the Premier, as far as I know, Premier, if you open those nominations, we will resign immediately. And there's a couple ministers in that group as well. Remember how I said that not everyone in the government is bad? Most are good people, but there are some bad apples. Those are bad apples. Anybody that wants to silence democratic voices for any reason, including convincing them that their vote is wasted if they don't vote for their the candidate they want, they don't believe in democracy at all, period. And they should not be any in any position of leadership or power in this province or in this country. Those six MLAs that said that to the premier, allegedly, if I was the premier... I would have fired them on the spot. I would have stripped them of their ministerial positions, expelled them from caucus and said, you know what? If that's the game you want to play, if you want to hold uh, your personal attachments to people or your backroom deals or whatever ahead of democracy and ahead of the voices of Albertans, you're fired. And I would have made a big deal about it. And anybody else who decided that they wanted to prop up a corrupt Kenny crony or any crony for that matter with threats of trying to harm the party before an election, I would have fired their asses too. It's BS. But we have this very interesting thing happening. We have a lot of Albertans who are engaged in these talks and these fights and they're doing everything they can to give the premier and the good folks in government the courage and the backing they need to do the right thing. So, is that not a good thing? It is.
Yeah. I don't like Nixon. He's one of the actually Nixon. The one thing I'll say with for for him, you know, on a on a positive note, is he has given me a lot of encouragement. He's been an inspiration to me, Jason Nixon. Him and Tyler Shandro and Jason Kenny. They inspired me to have a Sky Palace dinner on the roof of the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta. I think we need to do that again. Yes. But this time I'm going to put up a proper staircase and proper handrails because I know there's a bunch of little rat bitches that like to phone every uh, uh, organization out there and report me for everything. So I'll make sure I put some handrails up just so you little rat bitches don't have anything to phone about. Okay, uh, off that topic, let's go on to something else. Let's go back to digital ID because I like to lose my focus and get distracted, but I wanted to say some more stuff about this. Digital ID has been around in Alberta for years. And we loved it. The Alberta Digital ID. Did you know that with the Alberta Digital ID, you can access your health records, you can uh, do your apprenticeship stuff, you can register for, uh, register for school, you can do a bunch of school stuff on there. As a matter of fact, I signed up for the Alberta Digital ID uh, three years ago when I got the Whistle Stop Cafe because I want to apprentice and get my red seal as a chef. Why not? I'm cooking, I may as well. Um, you can do registry stuff on there. So is it a bad thing? No, it was a good thing. The world is going digital. At one time, the world went to print. The printing press was invented. People said, ah, the printing press is the devil. Yeah, it can be used for bad, but is it bad on face value? No, it's not. Then the telephone. Ah, the telephones are evil. And then football. Ah, foosball's the devil. And then the radio. The radio was not a bad thing. was used for bad things. I mean, just look at Nazi Germany. But the radio in itself wasn't bad. Then the television. Then the internet. Then digital IDs. As technology advances, it sometimes takes us a little while to figure out how do we find this balance so that this thing can be used for good and enhance our lives as human beings and not put us into submission or steer us down a wrong path through constant distractions. So we have this digital ID in Alberta. It is a good thing because it streamlines the services that we require as Albertans in a digital world that is going digital no matter what we do. But we need to make sure that things like that can never be used against us. For instance, if our IDs are made strictly digital, there has to be something. There has to be something to protect people. Like the government may not ever, ever interfere or cancel or whatever. Any man, woman, or whatever donkey's digital ID for any reason, including if they're speaking out against them. There has to be a protection built in. Just like there was protection built in with uh, copyright things for the printing press, um, the, the CRTC with radio and television, uh, although that's gone to shit too. Um, we've had digital ID for a long time. And I recently read a letter sent out to, it was from the UCP government about Alberta digital ID and how they want to work with um, organizations to help streamline these digital services. And it was said, Daniel Smith, She's bringing in digital ID. She supports digital ID. She's WEF. No, she's not. None of those things are true. As a matter of fact, when people say these things, I see Chris Farley in my head telling um, Billy Madison 
how he really got it on with Mr. Miss Veronica Vaughn. No, no, you didn't, Chris Farley. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, bus driver Chris Farley. Danielle Smith is WF. No, no, she's not. As a matter of fact, she spoke out against it. Are there things that Alberta is doing that are similar to WEF policies? Of course there are. Uh, does that mean she's WF? No, no, it doesn't. Sorry, sorry to burst your bubble. If you're using that as your political campaign, it's not going to work for you because I'm going to speak out against it again and again and again, and I'm going to tell the truth about it because I actually want something good to come of this. I want the premier to know and to understand that some of the things that we're doing could be used for the purposes that the WEF and the UN want them to be used for to support their sustainable development goals. I'm not going to go and scream from the rooftops that the premier is a whatever or the government is whatever because they don't see that yet. That's not constructive. It's not going to help anything. So, no, I don't believe for one second that she's a WF puppet or a shell or really probably any of them are. As a matter of fact, in my travels, I don't really know of any MLAs in this province who even knew what the WEF was or what they were doing or how any of this stuff is dangerous. So probably most of them think, oh, these things are great. We're going to do our registration online. We're going to get our health records online. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Maybe even some of them are saying, hey, this whole this whole health digital, this health digital ID, this is great because then we can just share information amongst the provinces. But we need to tell them why that's not okay. We need to explain to them that as a province and as a government in particular, it is their duty to, to make sure that Alberta keeps our sovereign jurisdiction in every area that's constitutionally guaranteed to us. That's important. If it wasn't important, it would never have been written in the Constitution in the first place. Do you see where I'm going with this? You see how many distractions we've already talked about? And at the end of the day, I don't think anybody could change my mind or debate me in what the solution is. I've had people tell me, well, you know, I don't, I think Alberta independence would be great, but we just can't talk about that right now because we have to support this instead. Well, why? That's a, that's a lie. Why are we rallying against the lie? Why, why are we unifying people if we're unifying them around a lie? Why should we do that? We need to unify people around a truth. And the truth is we need to stand up for ourselves and say enough is enough. No, we're not going there. We're not going to comply. Or we need to support this person and make sure they win the federal election. Why, why do we have to do that? We did that with Brian Mulroney. We did that with Stephen Harper. Neither of them fixed anything because they can't. Why are we, why are we doing that again? Why are we unifying around a lie? Well, actually, we, we just need to make sure this particular candidate wins. Why is that? Why does it matter what candidate wins? If, if we're all involved in, in the political process and democracy every day, why does it matter what political candidate wins? Why are we still stuck on this idea that somebody else is going to come and save us? They're not. We will save ourselves by doing what we're supposed to be doing, being involved. Trudeau doesn't follow the Constitution as he proved. Ah, another distraction. The emergency measures inquiry. Distraction. I know so many people 
that hung all their hopes and dreams on that. Oh, as if we win this, then Trudeau's going down. No, he's not. No, Chris Farley, bus driver, he's not going down. Not for that. This, the provincial inquiry we want to do, is it going to hold anybody accountable? No, no, it's not. People are asking for it, so the government's going to do it, I think. But is it going to do anything in the end? Probably not. There's no accountability, no punishment, no nothing. What's the point of determining whether or not the government was justified in doing something if it, the outcome of what's going on now doesn't change? It's a distraction. The guy who made the decision, the commissioner who made the decision on whether or not Trudeau was justified in using the Emergencies uh, Act against peaceful protesters was in Trudeau's family. The judge that sentenced me and said that I caused immeasurable harm to the people of Alberta and I needed to pay this and pay that and I had to say what the government wanted me to say, he was hand-picked by the liberal government. You see how this works? It's all distractions. Emergencies inquiry. What a joke. Millions of taxpayer dollars spent on that. Let's talk about dollars. Let's talk about the JCCF. Does anybody out there have any idea how many people the JCCF has helped? I'll wait. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Put some numbers up there in the comments. How many people the JCCF has supported in court through pro bono lawyers or legal advice or whatever? Yeah, chicken's on the floor. She's all right. A lot. They have helped a lot of people. The JCCF is not perfect. Maybe there's some bad people in there somewhere. I don't know. I have no reason to believe there is, but I'm not saying that it's impossible. They've helped thousands of people. They're comprised of very, very good lawyers. I believe good lawyers should be paid because they're good lawyers. They're doing a job. They're doing the job they train for and they're doing it well and they should be paid. So the JCCF asked a judge to release uh, $450,000, I believe, uh, for legal stuff related to the convoy and whatnot. And people lost their minds. Oh, what do they use this money for? Oh, it's all crooked. Oh, it's all crap. No, it's not, you idiots. Pardon me, but I, I shouldn't have called you an idiot. That's really rude. But use your friggin' heads. Who's gonna who is gonna help the the folks that are named in the lawsuit, the bogus 350 some odd million dollar lawsuit that some dip wads in Ottawa decided to file because they think they can get some money. Who? This needs to be done, right? People are going to court. And you might, okay, you might be saying, oh, the money was for the truckers. No, the money was to support everything to do with that. Everything to do with protesting in there. They knew, we knew there would be legal fees. 90% of the people that donated knew that there was going to be legal fees. We knew that. And then when a group asks to pull some money out of there to cover legal fees and this and that and whatever, lawyers are not cheap. People lose their minds. And now all of a sudden, 
they have to speak out against this group of people who actually helped people throughout the, the whole COVID thing. It doesn't make any sense. What is it that people want? Do you want freedom and prosperity? Or do you want to just run around like chicken with her head cut off, whining and bitching about everything that you don't understand? Focus on the solution right from the beginning. Enough is enough. We are not going with you. We're not complying. We're not going to follow your sustainable development goals. We're not going to kill agriculture. We're going to drive 1967 uh, Ford pickups and 1976 Ford Grand Torinos with stupidly too big engines. We're going to farm. We're going to shoot guns. If somebody breaks into our house and threatens our family, we're probably going to them too. We're not going down your own nothing and be happy path. That's the solution. That's all we have to do. And we can do it as Albertans. And if we do it as Albertans, we also set the example for the rest of the people in this country who still have some friggin' common sense. Everything else is a distraction. And everything else can be fixed once we're allowed to do something by the people and for the people. Hmm. 2003 VW Jetta TDI. I had a 2014 VW Jetta TDI. You remember the ones that were so efficient on paper, but they weren't really efficient. And then VW got sued for $1.3 billion. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was funny. Speaking of lawsuits, do you remember? You remember when that pharmaceutical company... They, they they lied about their product and they hurt and killed a bunch of people and then they were sued for $3.5 billion. Do you remember that? That was so funny. Uh, it's a good thing it'll never happen again. That's going to happen again. Um, is there anybody watching right now who doesn't know somebody that has either died suddenly develop some weird sickness that they never have had before or has had a adverse reaction to a medical intervention that they've had in the last two years. Does anybody not know anybody like that? Let's change that. In the comments, please comment. If you know somebody that's been directly affected by a medical intervention, negatively affected or died, please comment right now and say uh, just a short thing about it. Um, my sister and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago. I think I might start doing a little mini-series with Carrie, if he can do it. I know we're both pretty busy. Um, talking to people who have been harmed by a product that the government told us that we had to take, even went so far as to tell us that we couldn't have our rights if we didn't take it, um, but instead it didn't help it harmed. I think I'm going to try and find the time to do that. Look at the comments lighting up with people that know people that have been adversely affected by a medical intervention that they were told was safe. That is major bone of contention right now that I have with the current government is that I still see 
signage and advertising and propaganda, if you will. No, it is propaganda. Telling people that they need to do these things to themselves in order to whatever for the greater good. I'm extremely disappointed about that. I'm extremely disappointed that we don't have some sort of a provincial task force looking into this. Honest scientists and doctors, good men and women who believe in doing what's right, who want the truth out there, who have a mandate to find the truth and report it to Albertans. We deserve that no matter what the result is. We deserve to know what the truth is. And I'm extremely disappointed that our government hasn't done that, that yet. I guess there's probably a, a political reason why it hasn't happened. I guess there's a reason why the College of Physicians and Surgeons is still uh, doing their thing. I don't know what the reason is, but I can tell you right now, if I was the premier, <laughs> there wouldn't be just fur flying. There'd be some skin flying because the actions of some of these folks have caused, as Justice Adam Germain said, immeasurable and irreparable harm to the people of Alberta. Okay, we're coming up on, oh, we're over an hour, an hour and six minutes. So let's uh, very quickly, I'm going to look at the questions as much as I can. I'll try and answer a couple and then I'm going to bail because I got some other things to do, important life-changing things like laundry and I have to comb my hair apparently. Are you reading the comments, people? Yes, William Mackis. Mackis. I love that guy. Great speaker. Very smart. And he's going uh, like full steam ahead on trying to hold the college accountable. Where's the chicken? What? That's not important. She's right there. I'm just waiting for some more comment or questions to come up. I'll be right back. Okay. There you go. There you go. There's the chicken. So seriously, um, if you can have a cat or a dog in your house, why can't you have a chicken? I mean, it's cold outside. Look at her. Yes, she's got a feather blanket and all she does all day is eat and poop. Don't you dare poop on the desk. But she's an animal. She's got feelings too. And I don't want her meat to be all tough from being outside in the cold when I kill her and eat her. Right, chicken? Yes. Just kidding. I won't kill her and eat her. She actually gives us... Uh, if she's happy and not stressed out, she'll give us an egg a day, which I really appreciate. And did you know that if I serve those eggs in my restaurant... I actually get shut down. Isn't that crazy? The chicken gives us an egg. I give someone the egg and I go to jail. Crazy. Okay. Oh man. Lots of comments about adverse affections or adverse affections, adverse reactions. How am I feeling? Uh, I'm feeling okay. Tired. A little bit frustrated with watching what's going on and the amount of distractions that 
that are out there. Chickens aren't dirty. Well, yeah, maybe she's a little dirty. Is there any questions that aren't related to the chicken? Hmm. Ah, here, okay, well, you know what? We're going to talk about the chicken. So somebody says yes because of salmonella. Did you know that salmonella, okay, in Europe, they don't wash their eggs, the chicken eggs. So does everyone get salmonella and die? No, they don't. In Europe, they actually monitor and treat the chickens for salmonella. So they make sure that the bird is healthy and then they have healthy eggs. If the bird doesn't have a salmonella infection, the eggs can't have salmonella on them. That's kind of how it works. It's uh, just like parvo and puppies. If the dog doesn't have parvo, it can't poop out parvo. That's that's how it goes. So no, um, you don't get salmonella from eating farm fresh eggs. Uh, you get salmonella from sick chickens. And it's the same with, with milk. There, I went to the, the I think it, it's kind of funny, but I think it was called the Double D Dairy in Armstrong. Does that sound right? Double D, like as in big boobs, which is fitting. It's a, a milk play. Anyway, um, and I asked the lady or the, the girl behind the counter. She was probably a teenager. I said, can I buy some raw milk? And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I thought, what the heck? What what's Why are you looking at me like that? She says, we're not going to sell you raw milk. And I said, why not? She says, well, do you want to die? I said, what do you mean? She said, well, if you drink raw milk, you'll die. That's not true at all. Raw milk doesn't kill you. Raw milk is better for you than processed milk, provided that your cows are healthy and you don't contaminate the milk with something that is on the cow because it's unhealthy. Same with chickens. Chicken eggs won't kill you if the bird doesn't have salmonella, but we live under this impression that if we don't do everything through the government or through a government agency that will die, and that's just not the case. What is a hen weigh? About five to 10 pounds? Ah. D, Dutchman Dairy. Yeah, that's the one. I thought double D. Armstrong is a beautiful place. Sycamus, yeah, that's right. Thanks, Fred. Uh, someone asked about the song contest. A, a lady named Michelle won the song contest. She correctly guessed that I was listening to that song because it was called The Whistle Stop by... Uh, Oh my goodness, Miller, um, someone Miller. Anyway, so she brought her family out and her kids for steak night and she got her free steak dinner. Uh, ah, this is great. This isn't going to show it all. Oh, perfect. It won't hide my face. I am passionate about a strong and free Alberta. So am I. Logically though, the UCP is the only party large enough to set up to win against the NDP. I don't love compromise needed to win with them, but my kids' future is worth looking at the big picture when it comes to this election. Our cities aren't ready for Alberta separation, but TIP could totally use this time to build its base to come out swinging at the next election. You're not wrong with the issues you just point out. We just can't deal with, and then that's something else. So, uh, Sarah Lynn, that is a very, very good comment, and let me speak to that. At this point, um, I really don't think we have two or three election cycles to wait to talk about a referendum on independence. 
And I will stand by my statement that my priority is Alberta prosperity and Alberta freedom. Being free and free and prosperous in Alberta. That's my priority. So currently we have a, uh, the, the United Conservative Party is our government and likely they will be in the next election. So how do we achieve prosperity through independence or at the very least a referendum on independence with the United Conservative Party being in government? Well, we hold Daniel Smith's feet to the fire and we tell her that we expect legislation to be passed that uh, drops the citizens initiative referendum trigger from 20% for a constitutional issue to 10% of the voting population of the voting population. Number two, we get off our asses, we stand up and we unify around a truth that Alberta needs that referendum. And we go to work and we get the petition done and we get the referendum on the table and we educate Albertans as to why we need that referendum and how it will give the government the leverage they need to negotiate a better deal for Alberta. We don't have to change the political party to do that. Now, granted, if we elected any uh, provincial political party that had independence in their name, I would expect a referendum on independence to be on the table in a very short period of time. But in lieu of that, we can do it ourselves. We don't have to rely on the government to do what we want them to do. There are ways that we can do these things ourselves. So that's what I'll say. The, uh, if you believe that uh, your UCP candidate is the best one and you want to vote for them, by all means, please do support them. If you believe that it's an Independence Party candidate that's going to best support you and best uh, be your voice in your constituency, then vote for them. That's how it works. The, the referendum idea can work with either party. That's what I'm saying. And it brings up another question. Um, I've actually heard even some people close to me saying that the, the group that I spent most time with, the Alberta Prosperity Project, is aligned with the UCP because they use words like sovereignty. I'm sorry, my head just exploded again there for a second. So we achieved our goal of having the government start to use wording and get in front of the parade that we've created. And then we go and say that the, it's the other way around and and um, and don't celebrate the fact that we had a victory. It, it absolutely blows my mind. Um, remember I said, my goal is to be a free and prosperous Alberta, regardless. Remember that? It's about the people. It's not about the party. Uh, oh, hey, Matt. So just to be clear, um, I, I like the ideas that the Independence Party of Alberta has. I would like to see much, much more positivity. I would like to see more ideas on policy, on how they're going to accomplish the things that they, they legitimately want to accomplish. I mean, I talked to Art about this stuff, not as much as I should, but on and off. Um, and less about how the UCP are so bad because I really don't think most of them are bad. They're, they're human beings. They're men and women. They're trying to do something. Maybe they're not succeeding. Maybe they're failing. Maybe they're not uh, paying attention to certain things. 
But I would much prefer to hear the positive things that the Independence Party wants to do going forward rather than what they believe are the negative things that the other government is doing. That's a that's like a UCP NDP thing all the time, right? Oh, they're so bad. They're doing this. You don't want to support them. No, no, I'm done with that. I want to hear why why you, you want me to support you. Why? And not anything to do with any other party. What is it about you and your candidate and your party that makes me want to leave my house and go to the voting voting station and, and check your name in the box? Tell me. I don't trust the election process. Can you speak on that? Sure, I can. I do trust the election process, specifically here in Alberta. We use paper ballots. Um, if you don't trust the election process, you can actually register as a scrutineer and watch for yourself. But I would ask the people that say, I don't trust elections. What else do you have? What is the alternative? Could it be that this idea of corrupt elections is a distraction to prevent you from going out and voting for who you think is the right candidate? Is that possible? Is going out and voting for your candidate, even though you don't believe 100% in elections, is that going to cause a... Is it going to make things worse? Or does it have the possibility of making things better? That That's what I would say. Um, and I don't blame people for not trusting elections after what we've seen in the last few years. <clears throat> ah, Stone Lee makes a very good point. If voting made a difference, they wouldn't let us do it. Mark Twain. Yeah, I can see that. I'll speak to that as well. Democracy isn't just about voting every four years. Voting every four years, or maybe even not voting, is what got us into this situation in the first place. Only voting every four years and ignoring democracy and ignoring politics for all the time in between is precisely what put us in this position. We've allowed the lunatics to run the asylum. We should have been involved in our local constituency associations on the provincial board of political parties. We should have been involved in party policy, in government policy, in all of these things. Democracy, I'm sorry to tell you, is an everyday process. There is not one day that goes by that you can not participate in democracy. No, that's not how I want to say that. There isn't a day that goes by that you can't make a difference by being a participant in democracy, whether that's sharing a message with your friends, talking to them around coffee about a policy that's upcoming and maybe going to your CA and voting on what you want your MLA to say about it. That's why we're in this, this problem. So yeah, maybe voting doesn't matter even so as much as the day-to-day -day involvement in politics that we all, myself included, didn't even know we should be involved in. Uh, are they going to go to paper ballots? Well, we've always had paper ballots in Alberta so far. I'm just reading questions. Edmonton Council today had a climate levy on their agenda. Okay, so if you are in Edmonton and you don't like the idea of a climate levy, why are you not on the council? If you don't like what the council is doing, 
get on the council. There's enough people with common sense that would support common sense candidates. Get involved. Go to your counselor's office and talk to them about these things. Let your voice be heard. Go and protest in front of their office. Honk, honk. Just reading questions. Okay, so another comment about the system. It is impossible for a system to be corrupt. It can be used in a corrupt manner by corrupt people, but the system that we have is not corrupt. It's not, it's not even actually broken. What's broken is our involvement in it. It's like we're on a boat and nobody's steering it, and we're complaining that the boat is broken and the boat doesn't work. Well, no, it does work. You just need to get, take control, grab the wheel, jib the sails. I don't even, I, I can't even, I don't even know what to say about, I don't know boat lingo, but get involved. If you want the system not to be corrupt, you put people in it who aren't corrupt. Municipal elections are largely ignored and are where most of our lives are centered. Good point. Good point. The WEF is steering it. No, they're not. The WEF is inserting little propaganda pieces all over the world. They're, they're, they're funding and, um, and giving non-government organizations ideas of what they want done. And then those organizations are going into our provinces and into our country and they're 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 basically miseducating people to vote for their own demise people have been convinced by these groups that our own breath is a sin and we shouldn't exist it's not the wf steering it we're still steering but we have we're not taking the wheel that's the problem Th these groups have come in and they have been the squeaky wheel the loud voices that the government is shaping policy to appease. World War III is on the brink. <laughs> no, it's not. We're already in it. If they had counted votes instead of seats, JT would have not been elected. He was PM elect before the West finished, finished voting, and the votes we, he had, if counted, would have lost. Yes, by votes he would have lost. So what does that tell you? Does it matter how we vote provincially here in the West? It doesn't. It could matter if we took control of our own destiny and said, we're not participating in that anymore. Uh, you're trying to take away our, our sovereign jurisdiction as a province, which we have, by the way. Um, so we're going to do it ourselves. Hmm. Interesting. People think that the WF is going to kill us. It's not. They're, they're going to convince us to, to sacrifice ourselves for the greater good. And it might not be, I, I'm not necessarily meaning sacrifice our lives, but sacrifice our prosperity, sacrifice our, um, our, our wealth, our property, whatever, in the name of climate change.
Yeah, every county village has a sustainable development plan. Yes, isn't that interesting? Do you know why? Because municipal councillors, for the most part, have no friggin' clue what they're doing, and they'll sign on to anything that sounds good so they can pretend that they're doing something. That's why. So if we don't like it, take over your municipal councils. Uh, someone said there was an announcement from a video from the Independence Party. Let me have a look here. Uh, where is it? What was the question? Ha, there's a good one. So I think that was from you, Cheryl. What were you talking about? Uh, an announcement from the Independence Party? Mine too. So this will be the last question. Then I got to go because uh, she's eating her own feathers. Here, I'll get it. I'll help you. There you go. Weird bird. Ah, Trudeau is trying to eliminate the notwithstanding clause. A clause that we should be using over carbon tax. Two very interesting statements. First off, Trudeau is trying to eliminate the notwithstanding clause. Of course he is, because he knows that there are premiers in this country who are standing up for their provinces against his overreach into provincial jurisdiction. And the notwithstanding clause is a serious thorn in the side of a prime minister who wants to change a confederation without a national government into a federation with a national government. So do you see what's happening here? Our provinces are meant to be independent member states of a greater confederation that works together for a common good. Okay. But we are supposed to chart our own course. Uh, healthcare, education, policing, pension, employment insurance, taxes, all of these things, resources, there are wheelhouses, provinces, and the federal government is not supposed to have anything to do with it. But what the federal government is doing is they're using the climate agenda and the Supreme Court to say, sorry, Alberta, your notwithstanding clause doesn't apply here because climate change. They are, what's the word, Usur usurping our sovereignty. And they're doing it with the courts. So uh, another clarification here. There's been some debate, although I don't understand why it's even a debate, on what wording we should be using to what uh, for Alberta, whether it's we want to be autonomous or we want to be sovereign or we want to be independent. Now, let me explain and let me be very clear. Autonomy is great. I have autonomy in my business. I'm autonomous. I work, I do what I want until I can't. Alberta was largely autonomous until the federal government put in policies and we were no longer autonomous. We could move our oil about however we wanted until we couldn't. Autonomy is completely the wrong word that we want for Alberta. We don't want an autonomous Alberta. 
because that just means we're left alone for a period of time, but we're still uh, under the thumb of somebody else. Sovereign means that we chart our own course. We choose our own destiny. You remember that book? Remember the Choose Your Own Adventure book? We get to pick which page to turn to. That's what sovereign means. Independent means we stand alone. Do you, do you see the differences? Now, our sovereignty as Albertans is being threatened on multiple fronts right now. Uh, with our, In particular, our resources, our development and export of our resources, our health care, uh, our policing, and our taxation. Our sovereignty is being infringed on in every single one of those areas. Should we fail as a province to stand up for our sovereign jurisdictions within the Constitution, as we're entitled to, and the federal government will not recognize it, and the Supreme Court will not stand up for us, the only option left after that is independence. We stand on our own two feet. We get the hell out of mom and dad's house, and we do it ourselves. So I hope that clears up. Uh, hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Um... So um, when I say sovereign, I'm not talking about sovereign citizens. The sovereign citizen um, conversation is completely different. So the sovereign citizen conversation doesn't even acknowledge the fact that we our constitution or charter rights and freedoms um, is the law of the land. That's, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is our constitutionally guaranteed sovereign rights as a province. So I'm going to, I'm going to end with this. If you're watching from another province and you are excited about what's happening in Alberta and you're excited that there are people and groups and organizations and even politicians that are standing up and saying enough is enough. And they're talking, they're having this conversation, much like Quebec had this conversation and saying, if this is the direction Canada is going, we're, we're not going to follow you there because we believe in individual rights and freedoms. We believe in prosperity and we believe in human flourishing. If that's attractive to you, come here. We have lots of space. Houses are reasonably priced. Um, they're cheaper than a garage if you live in the GTA. And Alberta will, one way or another, set the example for the rest of Canada. Um, I hope other provinces start having this conversation. I hope that people start to recognize that regardless of whether or not they believe in Canada or, or want to be independent or don't want to be independent or whatever, or call themselves a separatist or they'll never be a separatist, people have to start asking themselves, what is the best path to prosperity for our province? That's the question. And I mean, I can always have a, have a debate with someone that shows that the path of prosperity is a referendum on independence. Not, not necessarily uh, 
independence, but at least a referendum. Yeah, my uh, my chicken doesn't need any roosters. She has taken a vow of celibacy. Right, chicken? Is that right? Yes, you good bird. Anyway, I'm going to go do some chores and probably have to clean up after the chicken. I hope you all have a wonderful evening. And um, please try and stay focused. There's a lot of things that we're divided on these days. And it's not even that we're divided like 30 and 70%. We're literally 50.5 and 49.5% divided on many issues. So I guess another question you have to ask yourself is which of those issues can be set aside so that we can focus on a future that allows us to have discussions about those differences um, without, without the government uh, controlling the way we do it. I, I think we need to worry about freedom and prosperity and flourishing so that we are able to continue to agree to disagree on some of these uh, different, different subjects. So, so good night. Say good night, chicken. No, she doesn't want to. Night all.